millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A grain of rice. A grain of rice. Want to tip the scale. Just remember that. Then. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on, Mayo. You've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was to show that we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. How we doing, lads? Uh, we're back, babies, again. <laughs> we were gone. We were gone again. There, uh, another another prominent podcaster calls us the part timers. But uh, we'll have him know come come the new year. We'll be back full time with him, uh, competing for his figures. <laughs> but fair play, I think that's his full time job. I suppose he has to have a go at us there on Twitter. And um, Willie, we don't mind. I'll, keep going, I'll, keep it going, I'll, <laughs> keep giving us dimension. I'll stay, Dale. All right. I, I've only one thing to say, boy. Welcome back, Dale, to the pod. We missed you a lot. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, few few were a bit late getting started here this morning. It's Wednesday, obviously. Uh, a lot of thunder and lightning at the moment, right over Tully crying, and I'm afraid if my ears start shaking now and you see me going to one side, you know I went quite happy you know, in the middle of the pod. I just I dropped off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mad time of the year. That's so much going on. Uh, great to be back. Uh, thanks to the lads in the background there uh, for helping us out getting started. So, And Mark has officially been thrown out of his office and he's inside in Charlie's room there. Uh, how are you keeping Charlie, Marco? Charlie, Charlie, Charlie's got an upgrade today. Got uh, a couple of his books there in the background. There, we'll be reading them at night. Like so, got shafted from the office this morning, Dale. So, Ash, uh, you know yourself. Now, tis, tis great to have an old chat like in a Wednesday morning for a, a bit and see how things went on over the weekend. But sure, there's been so much happening over the last couple of days. Our old buddy Ronaldo got the bullet there yesterday. So, who's old buddy? Ash, uh, sure, you'd have to be very fond of him. For God's sake, sure. Any any fella that's after winning the amount of Ballon d'Ors, he's after winning. But you know what? It kind of brings the conversation back to this time of the season, isn't it? About your inter-county managers giving lads a tap on the shoulder and yeah. saying, well, whether you're going to be involved or not next year, like, you know, as TJ said there a while ago, like, the phone rings, it's the manager's number one, you're saying, oh, shit, am I going to be involved in that next year? You know, you know within the first three or four months, what's going down next year, like? You will, you will. Uh, I heard a story last weekend, a good few visiting buses. I'll try and give them as many mentions as I can before we go. But uh, they were telling me about one Tipperary team who were kind of on the, the Raz, let's say, on the Monday after a county final. Uh, it, it was a big one. And next thing, there was a couple of bleep bleeps on their WhatsApps and it was lads being called up to the county panel and there was a couple of other lads just looking across at each other. <laughs> they weren't getting any bleep bleep to say they were gone. There's a new manager in a certain county, and uh, obviously he's starting from a fresh, so he didn't feel the need to to ring fellas who are gone. Yeah, it's always a tough time of the year. Fierce amount to talk up here in Clare as well about uh, one name that's been Jack Brown's been left off the the Clare panel, and I mean what a servant and what hurling he's playing at the moment for his club. Uh, very deep role now, obviously, but into the Munster final. 
um, after a fantastic win against the Cork champions. And um, but he's gone from the clear panel is the talk up around here. Or maybe he can play his way back onto us if he does the business against Belly Gunner. But it is, it is. I, I often found it difficult. I often tell a very funny one about the great Shane Ryan, the footballer who joined the Dublin Senior Hurling panel when he was finished footballing basically and came in and made a great contribution to us for a couple of years. Uh, I was top class guy to have around the place, played a good bit of National League, uh, didn't really feature much in Championship, a couple of subs runs and following year we were freshening it up and I, I'm making the calls and I'm letting know three or four fellas that they're not departing parcel to the set up but I ring Shane and I said Shaney, I said uh, Anthony Daly doesn't get to retire Shane Ryan so get it out there that that back is at you too long and uh, you've announced your retirement and he said that's fair enough Dale, I'll go that way <laughs> so that's, that's that's the kind side of it I suppose at times with lads but uh, I, did, I didn't feel, feel Shane deserved to be dropped maybe I wasn't ruthless enough Marco I just wanted to make sure from you you're definitely on Ronaldo's side is that what you said? You're saying that he should have been treated better by the big powers, Man United. I, I, I am, I am, I am, I am like my, um, my former cop man, Mister Roy Keane, who called it from four months ago that this was going to end ugly, and that United were treating him with disrespect, and that when the offers came in for him, that he should have been left go. And I just think it's awful, awful in the career that he's had that it is going to end the way it has ended with Manchester United. And I, I quote, I remember myself when I was uh, dropped from the court panel. I met Dr. Khan uh, just briefly uh, for a chat with him. And he just said to me, Mark, he said, look, you're, you know, you're retiring now. He said, you're not alone in this. Everybody has often been retired. He said 95% of inter-county players leave with a hump in their back. And he said, you won't be any... And I, look, I, I didn't really have a hump in my back. I was disappointed to be dropped and stuff like that, the way it was done. But I would say, I think we could do enough. I, and this is a club level and inter-county level. I think players could be left off, certainly, for the service they have given or for the club in their county. I think if he can be done, I suppose, nicer or in a way that the player doesn't feel aggrieved in some respects because all there those players really are kind nice of way, the top Mark, there isn't a, there it, isn't I, a nice way. I think rugby seem to have it right. I don't see no. any rugby players no. that are left I, go from the, the international I, scene Mark, with a hump in their back. Educate him there, educate him there, TJ, will you? Stop, Mark. Stop, Mark. Right, one second, one second. You're the player, right? In your head, you might be 30, 31 or 29 or whatever and you think you're still good enough to play your head tells you everything is fine. The manager thinks Pat Ryan is going through his squad now, right? Yet say he might carry him for the first two months or whatever, right? But he might decide, Mark Landers, I don't see a future for him, right? So he's going to try and communicate with you. He's going to sit down. Like, there's no nice way of doing it. He's telling you, Mark, right. going back to your club. He might be as nice as he can to it. He could tell Ronaldo there, going back there to the B team and playing the games and the in-house games and all that kind of stuff. And I'll have a look at you. There is no nice way of doing it. And this time of the year, unfortunately, it's one of the parts of the job for inter-county managers that they don't like. Making phone calls, having cups of coffee, ringing people and say, look, at this moment in time, I don't see you part of the picture for 2023, Mark. You might take it on the chin and you might say to him, that's fine, I'll go back to my club. But deep down, that bitter heart is there, Mark. And that's what causes a lot of the problem up and down the country in the GEA. And it's very hard to fix bitterness. Is that right, Dello? 
The only reason Ray Keane is 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 being bitter and backing him up is he went the very same way himself, shouldn't he? He was told going yeah. away as well. I, I suppose, yeah, but 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 do you think that's right, Anthony? For and we all know where whoever you support, and we've three different teams here: Liverpool, Spurs, and United. You know, for that decade that Roy Keane was at the top of his game, he was the man in Europe, not alone in England or United. He was the best midfielder in Europe, and the way his career finished with United was shocking, in my opinion. And I thought, I thought, disrespect is what it is. And the only point I'm making to here is. For people who have been brilliant servants for their club, their county, or whatever premiership, I think there's a nicer way or an easier way to let a fella down and let him off into the sunset. And I think, I go back to Brian Cody, I think Brian Cody has always cut fellas one year in advance of their sell-by date. And that's why he doesn't let fellas linger on. Are you saying them boys were happy to go? No, I don't. (laughs) What are we even talking about bloody crybaby Ronaldo who's out playing in the World Cup and Roy who's out looking like Saddam Hussein commentating in the World Cup and all getting well paid for it. We ran about fellas here after dedicating maybe seven, eight years of their lives to, to getting on a county panel from a club panel and 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 it been painful for them to be let back to normal life and no one paying them nothing and they've been paid nothing anyway. Mm-hmm. For being there, I, so I think there's a I huge know. difference. I think there's a huge difference. The only thing I want to say is, I think when a new manager comes in, when a new manager comes in, it doesn't really, really need to be going around the place. Uh, you know, he names his new panel, I think, or names his panel that he sees starting off a of 40 or whatever. And tis for yeah. a fella like Jack Brown, is being let go, and Brian has been the manager for the previous three or four years. Well, I'm presumed in there's at least a phone call or a meet-up needed there to say to Jack, look, Jack, we're moving on. You know, I think you've been a great servant and uh, great that you got your Ireland medal, yeah. but I'm moving it on. I think, like Sir Pat Ryan, we named his bloody panel and no more about it. He's new and yeah. everything is new. With the new manager, definitely, he has his own ideas. He's going to set out his style in terms of how he wants to play, the type of player that he wants. And if you're a player that doesn't fit into that mould, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And thank you for your service. And move on. Mark, is there a Ronaldo situation in Cork? Sure. The closest to Ronaldo in Cork would be Patrick Hargan. Patrick Hargan, one of the best players yeah. to ever pick up. Really. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. Such a, I, I, I'm sure opinion will be divided. And Pat will have his opinions. Pat Hargan will have his opinions. And let's see what happens. Could have yeah, exactly. a potential Ronaldo yeah. situation. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I'd say, Without I'd, I'd say I was a bit surprised at Jack Brown because I could see no real negative in, in having Jack Brown around. He ain't a troublemaker. He's a great trainer. Is he in the best six backs in the yeah. county? Maybe not. But is, is he in the next best six after that? I think definitely. Everyone would agree in that. Yeah. And he's he's in great form. I, I was surprised with that. But Brian probably feels three years in the job, I think, and, and needs a freshen it up and needs a shake it up. And, and um, yeah. You know, yeah. I suppose that's his prerogative. That's the job he's charged with doing. I think that's Correct. a point about being around the squad and how effective somebody is. Um, maybe like good workhorses and belly dial that keeps the real quality ones on their toes. Um, there's a huge value in that too, to have somebody in the 30 or 35-man squad. Massive, massive, massive. Yeah. I mean, Rusty Ch- Christy, Rusty Chaplin, great pal of mine. A couple of great trips during the last few weeks with him. Um, but like, didn't feature that often for Clare, but by God, 
he knew the value of him on on uh, Lohan yeah. or Lynch and Tran and looked ahead and Rusty yeah. was never yeah yeah you know good good management Stelo will always find that one or two fellas that you know they're good yardsticks they're never going to be a nine out of ten player but they'll give you seven seven and a half every day of the week and sometimes a manager can judge the other player on the basis of how he gets on against that individual because he knows like your rusty chaplain he'll give you everything in training that day and you know if, if the likes of the low and can beat him up a sticky you know, nose he's in form you know? yeah yeah that's about seven weeks i suppose since we were podding so a good a good bit has happened uh to congratulate your first mark the queen has done it again for us uh Beautiful, fancy. I was looking at the prices night four, six to one, and about uh, two hours before the race, I had a quick check again. I see 14 to one. I said, I can't let her go at 14 to one <laughs> for four. There was some crowd offering me, so I had a little nibble at 14s, and uh, she came in then afterwards. Uh, you know what? She returned. She returned sevens or eights, did she? Something wrong then. I don't know what happened. Super right the by young lad. Who was only turning at the last second, wasn't it? Um, oh, yeah, sure. Um, um, Paddy Hartnett, uh, unfortunately, um, Jay Cohen got sick in the morning and couldn't, um, couldn't take the ride. And Paddy Hartnett from Limerick, actually, TJ, we had a bite to eat for him. He's a gas young fella altogether. Uh, he told me he rides out in Dunica Dials five or six days and then he goes to Aidens on a Sunday. So we were delighted to have his experience in the place. And of course, she was, she was stepped up to two miles from a mile and a half. So we were a bit apprehensive and can budge the stable, I suppose, hadn't had a winner all year with a spot bit of um, a virus there earlier on in the season, so she hadn't been seen up to now, but it seems like the stable is back in form and be very, I'd say for listeners, take a look at the paper on Saturday, there might be a runner in the, there might be a runner under D, DK Buds that might be of interest to you, I won't give you the name, no, you'll have to do a small bit of work on it, and um might be worth a few quid he each way. More than he can't do any more than that fee, lads. Eight races. What a what a mayor to one, Mark, in fairness. Ah, she's a great little filly. I mean, like, listen to me. I'm after buying two brood bears off of her. I'm after buying um another three year old and I'm after tarmacking the house and the and the strength of the prize money she's after winning. She's not she's not after casting a whole pile, to be fair. Like it. There's still a few quid left in the kitty. But she won't race forever. It's a bit like the returning of the inter-county fellas. At some stage, we'll have to let her off. That'll be a very hard conversation to let her off. But uh, she, she'll have a down to Tom Tracy's pub. That's it. Yeah, I'll be, like, be like the shark handling when he brought back the horse up after winning the national. Bring her in for a pint of Guinness in the back door. <laughs> but she's a uh, great little thing. She's a great thing. Fair play. Fair play. No. TJ, you, you went to Salt Hill on Sunday. Um, yeah, very... You, you probably saw the highlights of the two Munster games, I presume, of, in some form, shape or form, and you read plenty about them, no doubt, anyway. But um, a great county final, TJ. We'll start there. I think that's the logical thing to do because they go at it again uh, next Sunday, I believe. Um, yes. Wouldn't mind going up to that. You never know. Um, 20 points to 117. Ebbed and flowed, TJ. Um I see the interview from Tommy Kelly afterwards. He has a fair background team behind him as well now. He does, he does. With, uh, who's Gavin Keery's in it anyway? Uh, Greg Kennedy. 
Greg Kennedy, yeah. yeah geez. Nigel Murray, Alan Curley, Kevin Harrell, Shane Cusack. So it's, 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 yeah. it's, it's, it's well stacked. And in fairness to them, they were, they were very vocal. I would probably say, and I did say it to Christy Brown, who was looking after the line after the game, that there was fellas getting away with a little bit of murder where I got chinned a little bit kind of harshly for in the county final. TJ, but anyway, TJ, story, TJ. For, story, story for another day. <laughs> what, what, you were from Gary Spillando, TJ. Yeah. <laughs> what I will say is, I thought it was a really high quality game. It did ebb and flow as county finals go. Um, just a really, really enjoyable game to be at and just to be kind of sensitive. It was exciting. It went right down to the wire. In fairness to Thomas's, first of all, like always going to be pressure on them. They were favourites. They're going for five in a row. They've been on the road a long time. They didn't make a good start. And I suppose they had that added probably negative for them in that Shane Cooney is just back from injury. So he wasn't able to start. He did come on at halftime. And they also lost James Regan before the game to um, some, some form of a hamstring injury during the week. Um, so he wasn't able to start either. So two experienced central players missing for them would definitely have been a loss. On the other side, in fairness, Shane Morgan wasn't able to start for, for Lockray. But well, Shane, great Shane quality was able to come out at half-time, Teach, was he? He came out at half-time. He's just back. He's, so it's such a, he's had an injury all year. He was away for a while, so he's just, he's just filtering his way back. And I, I'm not sure exactly would say what the decision around it. He probably wasn't able for 60 minutes, so they made a decision to bring him on rather than start him. And I suppose go back to management. That's a call that everybody has to make. In fairness, Mark Hawfield has come in and sent him back and I mean, in, in that area of the field where Shane is, and he's played well, he set up a brilliant score just for half time. But um, I, I, I'd say the Thomases would like to have maybe those players on the field. You know, yourself on county final day, you like to have your big, strong, experienced players, which is what they are. But Loch Ray made a brilliant start. Obviously, they've been unbeaten all year, Loch Ray, whereas Thomas had one game last. So, Thomas's favourites, pressure on Loch Ray, I suppose, to know could they live with this St. Thomas's team. And they started brilliantly. They owned the first quarter. Uh, and here's a name, I suppose, maybe for people's notebooks into uh, looking at Galway teams for 2023 is Martin McManus. He's been brilliant inside forward. They play with two up top. Uh, Jamie Ryan drifts out the field. Martin McManus finished with four points from play. Um, just, I, I think he scored like something like 324 from play in the championship to date, but a really, really effective inside forward. So from Lockray's point of view, he was on the ball early, getting a couple of scores. They won the first quarter. But in fairness, Thomas is into the breeze. They toughed it out. And at halftime, they were two points down, 12 points to 10. And you see with the wind coming in the second half that everything was in their favour. But again, credit to Lockray. They got themselves back in front. At the quarter stage, they were three points up. And this seemed to be going well. Now, they did get a red card in 19 minutes in the second in the second half. Um, Dylan Chocolacy was sent off. It was, it was for a second Nigel, yellow. Is that Nigel's son, TJ? Uh, I, I, I'm not 100% sure, but I think so. But um, he, did, he got sent off for a second yellow, which means he will be available for the next day. Yeah. I have to say from the stand, I didn't see it. There wasn't much of a reaction. But the referee showed, it, showed a second yellow. He must have seen something and, and sent him off. And from there on then, like... Um, Lockray managed to get that four-point lead, which looked like it was going to see him down the stretch. But then up pops Aina Burke for a brilliant goal, well set up by Damien McLean. Aina Burke was excellent, possibly man of the match in the day with one goal and four points from play. Really, really good. And Thomas has found himself somehow in injury time, one point up. I will say two points in the game. When it came back level first, Lockray got a brilliant score to put him back in front with Jamie Ryan. Really, one of as good a score as I've seen worked in any game this year. Then Thomas has got a couple of points, got themselves in front again going down the stretch. And like in fairness to Tiernan Killeen, you possibly have seen the equaliser. He's a young lad. I know he's on the, on, on the Galway squad. And another name for the future, in fairness to him, he was very effective 
field. Like, yeah, he 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 had the guts to go for that out in the sideline. It was four minutes. It actually there was three minutes in the clock. It was into four minutes. Like, and in fairness, the referee was marginal. Could he have blown it? He possibly could. But there was maybe a little bit of a delay on a free, which you could say if you were if you were nitpicking that maybe he could have. It was Lock Ray who were taking the free actually, and they kind of maybe took thirty or forty seconds out of the game. But he allowed that extra minute. And in fairness, Tieran and Killeen, he popped up. Probably would have been harsh if Lockray didn't. Like, I, I don't think they would have deserved to lose it on the day the way they played. They played good hurling. They played nice, fast-flowing hurling, in fairness to them. But in saying that, Thomas's, they will feel that maybe it wasn't their best performance on the day, but they didn't lose. And that's what real good teams and champions do. And the five in a row is still alive. And TJ, is that the fifth final in a row that they haven't conceded a goal? That's some stat. I thought I'd read that somewhere. Oh, yeah, yeah, defense defensively very, very like really, really, really strong again. Uh, yeah, yes, just a real, real leaders back there, unbelievable. But um, I did, I did yeah, another another funny one of those is another funny one of those is since we were last on is uh, lads are telling me here that Bellier have now won four senior championships, winning their first in sixteen. You know, and we'll get on to that game in Munster in a sec. But um, Niall DC has gotten man of the match in all four county final wins. It's not a fair stat, isn't it? Fair sign of consistency <laughs> on the big day. Like, fellas, they couldn't show up on the big day and you can rely on him to show up. That's some yeah. achievement, yeah. yeah. And actually, would you believe I happened to be on a stag there recently down in Killarney and uh, on the following morning, Sunday morning, I just hopped into the Falta. Do you know the way people would normally go into the Falta on your, on your way home from, from Killarney? And I happened to bump into David Clifford's father. Great character. And actually a listener of the podcast as well, in fairness. And he, he was very complimentary towards you, Delo, and to, to the people you have on. And he was saying We're that big, David big Clifford... Big fans now we are. Big, big Fossa fans, right? The t- I think David in all the county finals between the senior final, did Fossa won the junior final and the Ireland final. I think this year David's got man of the match in all of them as well. And in fairness, he's not one of those fathers who blows, blows a trumpet. David Clifford, Holly Clifford. So, uh, unbelievable. So, they, they, they've had a fantastic year. And for Fossa, he said years ago, for them now to be climbing, he said it's, it was unthinkable. So, I said, they're on a Munster club train. I think they're coming to, to, to Limerick, I think, uh, to, to this coming week. I think they're playing. Okay, okay. Maybe the everything, yeah. Shemi Flanagan's club, no? Shemi Flanagan's club, yeah. So it's yeah. an in, in, interesting one there for them. So, but yeah, Absolutely. incredible for Niall DC as well. Just to go back on that, and yeah, it's 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 a phenomenal achievement. But uh, in in, in teacher, would you say I, like it's it's obviously a massive display by by Lockray. I'm actually going giving up doing my little ten or twenty acume of a Sunday on these games because. The last match, uh, the last weekend I did it was the Clare County final. I had Ballier, you know, they were lucky. They were three points down, going into injury time. I had Kilmacud to win, and as my triple, I'd kill a Dangan to win in tip. And where the referee got the minute and 50 seconds to give Kilroan. Now, <laughs> delighted to see <laughs> Kilroan going on, the home of Glen Gaynor, who did so much for us. But a minute and 50 over the three minutes to get a, get a free in, uh, to level it and all home happy and uh, big crowd again for the tip J. <laughs> so I, I just declared my, and I did it again last weekend. I had, as it turned out, anyway, another match went against me, but I had Bellier up anyway, and I was listening to the Galway, Galway Bay on my way into Limerick. And I said, ah, that has to be it now when Thomas has went ahead and the three minutes were up, but no, the ref decided <laughs> it will keep going. But anyway, Draws but people. come here to me, Dana. Yeah. But does it come? Does it come back now to the countdown clock? Do we have to introduce the countdown clock in GA? Because to be fair to the ladies' I, football, I, 
Yeah, they have it spot on. I'm not having this conversation with you. You were ranting on there about rugby there for about the last two years, about VAR and different things, right? Do you see rugby? It's gone like into, what, is it about nearly an hour and a half aside now in rugby between all the me, decisions are the taken. Count, you the countdown. I watched some of the game the there, countdown. Saturday. That game is gone, man. That game is gone. Feed some of stuff on Twitter. A fella kicks the ball up the field. What skill? He kicked the ball straight back to the opposition and we got what skill, right? And we got three or four of the fellas, right? They fall down on top of the ball at the breakdown, right? And I'm hearing the commentator saying, Brilliantly skillful play around the breakdown. Just because you fall down top of the ball. Stop, man. Stop. Let's go back to the county he, final. He had, a big, he, he had a big he, I, he had a I big was, autumn. He had a big autumn series, Dom. We are we are still number one, the team of us, TJ. Yeah, yeah, team of us. Yeah. Right, right, right. Exactly. right. Don't and, talk and TJ, TJ I, I was actually saying the, the countdown clock is in the ladies' football, TJ, right? I'm not talking hey. about the rugby. And, I, and very really, soon, TJ, the ladies' football and the camogie will be part of the whole GA family. And, so and we got to start learning from the ladies, like, you know? Marco, there's very little wrong with our game. Very little. We have one or two small, tidy up things to be doing. We need to keep fellas like you and other people with your technology and your VAR away from the game and live in the moment and go to the game. We have a beautiful product. Leave it alone. No, Dela, to go back to your question. Yeah. To be fair to Lock Ray, um, yeah, they, like because of Thomas's history, Thomas's were favourites and rightly so going to the final. But they're packed to the final. They had won all their group games. They took out Turlock Moore in the quarter final. They beat Clarenbridge in the semi final. So they were unbeaten all year. So in fairness to them, they are doing an awful lot right. They have a lovely style of play. Uh, as I said, Jamie Ryan, people. No, he drifts out the field from that full forward line. They play with two men up top. They have a, a, a very defined way they play. They move the ball mainly through the lines, look for the boys up top. Martin McManus is a brilliant out ball. So there's an awful lot of positives about them. So it will be tricky. And even looking ahead to the replay on Sunday, like Thomas's will have to maybe find that little couple of inches improvement. I've no doubt that they will. I'm hoping maybe from a Thomas's point of view that the likes of Shane and maybe James Regan can start, which will definitely be a help. And then they might have more input off the bench. Uh, but I suppose, look, county final day, we all know the, 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 the challenge is there for both of them. Lock Ray will feel maybe coming away from the game that, look, we're still unbeaten all year. I mean, it looked like as if it was gone for a second and then Tieran and Killeen got to score, but all to play for, I would say. But great match. Uh, good yeah. crowd there. Good atmosphere. Yeah. Just couldn't speak high enough of it and I'll be at the replay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, great rivalry, obviously, the two, the two clubs. Uh, so right, right next door to each other. Right next yeah. door to each other. So, like the the next club over from St Thomas's is the the, the bridge into Loch Ray. There, like so, an awful lot of I would say the Thomas's lads would have gone to school in Loch Ray, and I think even right now, like Johnny Cohn and David Burke would have been uh, obviously midfield partners there for years with Galway, and they teach in the same school in Loch Ray, and obviously. Are Good buddies and stuff like so. There's a very tight knit and would know each other really, really well there between those two teams. And I suppose from Lock Ray's point of view, they'd love to stop the five in a row. And then from Thomas's point of view, they'd love to just get it over the line now and get a five in a row. What an achievement! And like, look, we're in an era where we're talking about money in sport and numbers, and there probably is a migration. Maybe the teams maybe improving where there's huge numbers. Yet a team like St Thomas's continue to buck the trend. It's only really a really, really small rural place. Yeah, no doubt about it, and, and the best to look to them both um, next Sunday. If he could get away up there, have a little doggy running at the weekend, and uh, if he doesn't win Saturday, he won't be going anywhere Sunday. Hear thunder and lightning here in Clare today, lads. I heard it, yeah. Did you hear that one? <laughs> I did. Yeah. <laughs> I thought there was a stool yeah. moving a, in the bar. 
McShay, you out there? Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> tell you, it's down top of us. If, if, if I blow up anyway, you'll know I'm, I, I went happy and quickly. Um, double double day of, of um, Monster Club on Sunday, lads. Monster Senior Club semi-finals. Fair play to the powers that be. They actually, if you if you now had to organise yourself and being in a Scudden Air League, got your spot, you could actually see both games if you wanted to, which I did. Now, I did a bit of um, skullduggery and uh, I gave um, Kieran Keaton a quick ring and gave Mike, Michael Reardon a quick ring <laughs> to know could I park in uh, both uh, convenient car parks behind the goal in the Gaelic Crowns and in the Cleister car park, as we call it, uh, in Ennis. So at least I was able. And I actually, when Brendan O'Connell got the point, I just made a run to the car and I said, I'll get the last minute if there's a minute even in it because the time was up, I thought, um, on Clare FM. And God, Sil O'Connor and Tommy Gilfile were going... Belubas about the awarding of a 65 uh, that could have levelled it and it went yeah. wide I must say I didn't see it now but I was sorry for young Cunningham for it to go wide because for him you know and I'd be He's hoping Belly had win obviously but um, yeah. but for young Cunningham I thought he was outstanding I thought that trio um, there's the rain after the thunder now banging down but uh, the, the trio of uh Ben O'Connor, uh, Toomey, who unfortunately had a couple of wides, but what a work rate and what a, what, what a, oh, he looks a county man for me. And Cunningham, I think, is really stepping up to the level. Um, yeah. It was such a pity for, for Ben to miss that last one. It was a very tough one in the conditions because we had two or three very, very heavy showers. But um, enjoyable game. There's been a lot of mileage on the Cusick Park pitch. It has held up very well. Uh, it's still great, still good and dry. Take a stud, all right, but uh, the grass is that tiny <laughs> bit longer than what I drove in. Then I was pitch side at the Gaelic ground almost. Uh, it's incredible. Only second match played on the field, so it was always going to be a bit slower, tougher, uh, dour type of hurling. Uh, yet I really enjoyed both games. I thought actually the second game, you know, Darrell Sullivan was raving about it. There should be videos of it since I actually thought it was a great battle. Some of the tackling. The intensity, column lines letting it go. I, but I didn't think it was a classic by any means. Classic hurling at times, classic scores, the goals. I mean, all four goals were, were beautifully taken. Two bullets and two kind of placed to the corner, rolled in low. So, uh, no, look, um, really enjoyed Ennis. And I would say, Bellier, not going as, as good as they could be going. Uh, relied on Tony really came in up with a 15 minutes of huge play uh, got two massive points from play took over the free taking and that probably got him over the line another day of Cork knocked out first round in Munster Mark but I would say probably you'd have to say green shoots with the way this young uh, Bears team went at it like. oh 100% yeah yeah I think you, you, you have a good bit of the ground cover there Dalo um like to play for in the main 50 minutes with 14 men and to still get a chance, I suppose, to draw the game, which would have been an injustice in one hand because it was never a 65. And this is where TV evidence and VAR would get rid of all that kind of stuff. You only have one or two incidents in a game whereby you will need the help of the video analysis and it would have taken away all the hassle there. I suppose justice was served in one respect insofar that the ball went wide. Um, but I've no doubt the young Ben Cunningham will come back from that and his 
star is rising and it is shining bright. And like he deservedly got the man of the match in the county final uh, in horrendous conditions. And I think as George said, he was very proud of him after the game. And I've no doubt when there's a father-son combination and your son comes up and he scores four points in play in the county final in a local city derby, first time in 40 years between the Bears and the Rockies, it's a very, very proud day for any dead. Um, I, I think... I, I look the sending off it a little bit, but it certainly wasn't the winning or losing of the game. It would just put an extra lead, a stone of lead in the, in, on the back of a jockey, as was in some respects. If you were to play for 14 men with 14 men for that length of time, but I thought the Bears played magnificently, Anthony. And you, you, the aforementioned players, Toomey, Ben, and Ben O'Connor for me, Ben O'Connor was by far and away the most outstanding player on the pitch on Sunday. The amount of possessions he had, he got scores, his physicality. And what people don't realise is this kid is done, he's leaving stuff next year. So he has a massive future. Rugby is probably his first sport at this moment in time from a cock point of view. Or Any a, updates for us? No, I, I'd say 99% certain he would be giving rugby his first allegiance, let's say, in 2023. And he's leaving South obviously, as well. Um but he still has a huge potential future in front of him from a hurling perspective. I suppose it's the quarter way rats for like the, 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 the wall ball in, 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 your hand, in your hand all the time. Like, you know, so if he keeps hurling away, you know, in the background and keeps his skill levels up, he'll never have a problem with physicality or speed or pace. So that's that's a given. It's just his skill levels will have to be kept up to date. So if he doesn't make the rugby or if he does, decides to go GA into the future, He'd be a massive asset to any club or any country. So we wish him the best of luck. But going back to the game itself, um, there was a calamity, obviously, in the first 10 minutes. I think the goal that was conceded by the Bears, they'd be really disappointed afterwards. Um, you, know, you know, it was a scrappy enough goal. Ball fell out of his hand and he pulled in it. And it says Shane Hurley and goes, he'd be disappointed that he left it in. Then the next puck out, mm. Cahan gets sent off. So there were two big blows to the Bears in that period of time. Um, I, I thought the Bears came back into the game, obviously still weren't leading at halftime, having played with a very, very strong breeze. They missed a couple of opportunities, as you aforementioned there, and Parik Buggy on, on one occasion was going through, could have tapped the ball over the bar, saw Ben Cunningham was making a break, went, was undecided as to what to do, then he flopped the hand pass and, and they got nothing from it. Um, but like tight margins, there was two sixty fives conceded during the course of the game. Uh, Billy Hennessy knocked one out and, and, and Shane Hurley knocked one out in the second half. Possibly bonds that, that could have, you know, should have been cleared or certainly don't panic. I, I thought the Bears showed a lot, uh, a little bit of inexperience, I think. And Auntie, this is where the experience on the, the Bally Hay side came out of it because Todd Jamie Burns at fullback had a really good positive game, the same as Owen Keane in the corner. But the fact that Jamie was marking Tony Kelly for a good bit of it and did really well. But Kelly, to be fair, that mm. that five-minute period between the 44th and the 50, 49th minute, there was four points from play. The Bears hit the lead. Kelly brought him back. Cunningham had another one. And I don't know, it was a massive, massive Gavin, who I thought had a fantastic game for Belly Hay overall. Yeah. You know, massive, massive contribution in a low-scoring yeah. game. Um, and that kind of five- or six-minute period there in the middle of the second half kind of decided where the game was going. But I'd, just from a Cork point of view, it's it's still a long time before we've won, got to a Munster final and winning a Munster final at club level. 
But I'd say the Bears, if they happen to, if they can go back to back with counties next year, and just a point I made last year, Ballygunner, Ballyhay, St. Thomas's, right? They get a panel of players together and they keep them going and they know how to get the job, job done. And I think Ballyhay exemplified that on Sunday. They knew how to get the game done and get it won. And I think there's great credit to them. I, I You know, we were talking about them all year, Anthony. I think you would have kind of had a view that they weren't going brilliant all year, but they were getting over the line. Mm. They knew how to get over the line. You know, the performance in DC, Gary Brennan, right? Like the amount of hardship that these fellas take and give during the course of the game. And I'd have to say, I, I was a bit, you know, I was looking at Michael Kennedy, the referee, and I was saying, was he being hard? I thought he had a really good game, as it turns out. I think the descending off situation was on the advice of the of the linesman. You'd always love to go back the day after Anthony and ask the referee, could you give us your assessment now, having seen it on video? Would you have made the same decision? You know, but this this is um these are and I don't and I'm gonna reiterate I don't think descending off decided the result of the match, right? I think, you know, over the it's course of the game, the players, it is, it is, it is, but 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 I suppose uh, TJ the, the bars were in front, you know, with ten minutes to go. Oh, kind of, you know, they had hit the front. I, I, I think it would have had to have a, a, an influence in the game. Dill, to touch on Bellier for one second, like their record of winning games, tight games, by just one score or just mm-hmm. marginal o- over a long period of time is <laughs> some strong mentality from the team's point of view, isn't it? It is. And, and they have so many strong characters, uh, Tej, you know, just right from the back. Um, you know, Peter Casey's having a great year. You know who's beside him. Paul Flanagan is beside him, you know, and Brandon O'Connell just called up with Claire now after being called up by Lohan from three, four years of brilliant play at club level for Bellier and he got the winning point. Um, and then you go out to the halfback line then and you look at Jack Brown, they try and sit him in the pocket, they sit him as close to the full back line as they can and it's up to teams whether they want to shove up on him or not. And then who they hadn't last year in this fixture. They hadn't Kelly either, but they hadn't Gerard O'Connell, Goji, as he's known as up here, yeah. who, who was outstanding again on Sunday, just a dog. Um, he's in the thick of everything. And I know there was a lot of controversy about, about did Jack make too much of the belt he got in the head when uh, the Conor Callan was thrown away to Hurley. And I, I don't know. I thought, it was a, I thought he got a bit of a shock, to be honest. But, you know, we saw Goji tackling Brian Hayes near the end of it and Brian... There might have been a free in or a free out or whatever it was, but Brian went clutching his head as well. <laughs> and it wasn't any contact with the head and threw away the ball. And it is something, as Mark said, that maybe uh, refs will have to look at early next year and just say, look, as this is going to be stamped out like they did with lots of things, you know. So, But they have a lot of very cool guys. A lot of them are a look a bit leggy to me, TJ. A lot of them, Pierce Lillis, will say it would be very, very important for them at centre-forward. County footballer, uh, Gary Brennan, obviously. Was, but Pierce, you know, was in the intermediate final, very disappointed to lose that with Cora Clare. Uh, you had a couple who played with them, Stan Lanine, Martin O'Leary, uh, from Kilmehill. They got relegated in, from the relegation final in the senior hurling or senior football. They've had long years outside of even with Bellier. That's one week with their football and back. That's the way it operates. Was there isn't hurling back here in West Clare, and a lot of teams were in a lot of games that play for them now. And I'd say for the two weeks, um, 
I'd say, you know, Adrian O'Brien will be back on board now as well because he had to step back for the game, obviously. Right, yeah. It was the, the, the strength and conditioning for both uh, coaches, the Kim McMahon and uh, Adrian will be back on board now. I'd say they'll take it nice and easy, Bellier, you know, and come. They'll be written off by everybody and they'll just try and come as fresh as they can. Hope that Tony has one yeah. of those real Tony days that the Mossy Gavins and, and uh, you know, the Griffins and one or two more like that and DC has a slightly better day just off for some reason the other day shooting wise tough day as I said to hit them uh, and hope that that goes good but they've an awful lot of experience in the team and that's I think why they they, they don't do panic uh, they've been in an Ireland club final before they've won a Munster before and they, they, they just feel everything's a bonus keep going here we 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 leak it out We if we have to go to extra time we go to it and normally that whole team nearly wins you know so um, yeah, they know. They question? know how tight it was. They do. They do know how tight it was. Hmm. Can I ask you a question? Just um, you mentioned there that a lot of lads are playing with football clubs. So is Belly Hay, Is that an amalgamation of players coming in from different club, football clubs in the community, or what? What's the story? Or how, Belly, they, how the team Belly, got together? Belly Hay, rather than Belly Hay. It's not the crowd near Charleville. It's Belly Hay. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's no H in the end of it, like, but they're the same parish as myself. Clarecastle and Killone is the name of the parish, but there was two hurling clubs always in the parish. We were the senior hurling club, they were the junior, and lots of their players would have come in and played with us. The two Sheedies, Stephen, as we often mention him on the show, he's, he's a Bellier yeah. man, would have done his underage hurling with Bellier and came in then to play senior. Uh, other guys, Paddy Quinn, Brian Hayes, you know, Donald Kelly, Tony's father, won back to back championships with the club 86 and 87. But then slowly but surely, Ballier were getting stronger because they're four or five miles on the western side of Venice and new houses were being built and it was a lovely place to live really for the suburbs of Venice and they got stronger and they won a junior A on their own and they went intermediate and all of a sudden they won an intermediate on their own. So we two senior clubs in the parish and I suppose the last man I'd say we asked for in any form for Ballier would he consider coming over because you could play whichever one of the two teams under parish law would have been Tony Griffin, I'd swear. And Griff said, no, I was going to stay at Belly. And I'd say Griff turned it, really. Once Griff said, no, he was going to stay. In, and they got stronger and stronger. We beat them well in the county final 2003, my, my last county final playing, and we beat them easy enough. Like They weren't strong yet. They had Griff. They had a good team. They had Paddy O'Connell that time, Griff, and a few like that. But um, they got stronger and stronger. And then there's no football, you see, in West Clare. And then, you know, Clare won 95, 97, and got to the final in 02. And then came along and won in 13. And, you know, loads of kids wanted to hurl. And the structures aren't really here for them. There's little bits and pieces with the schools. Kilkee, try a bit. Kilmehel. But then when it gets to adult level, or a lot of them just go directly to Bellier now. Kilmehel would profit a fair bit as well from it. They'd get a lot of the lads from the Milton Malbe, Quilty how, side of things. How, you know? how, far, how far away is Kilmehel from Bellier? Well, like I'm for for me here now. I've customers here, great customers here in the pub, and I, I'm I'm I suppose eighteen miles from Bellier, and I've regulars here that bring their young fellas over to Bellier every Saturday morning and into summer, every maybe Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday. They might carpool with a couple of more neighbours, but that's that's the scenario. Yeah, there's probably there's probably about seven clubs represented, but it's only one club though. Bellier would still be yeah. on their own, but if these lads want to hurl. At a serious level, there's nowhere else for them to go. You have to go to your nearest club. That's, that was brought in all right. So it would really have to be then, if you were coming in from this side towards Ennis, 
it would have to be Ballier you'd meet first here. If you're a bit further up the coast from where I am, yeah, and you and you head towards Ennis, the first hurling club you'd meet would probably be Kimeli. So a lot of the you know the Conor Cleary is a Milton Malbe man, the Clare fullback. Yeah. Would he yeah, yeah. Connor now went went to Flannans like that and started hurling with Kimeli because he's football, his brother is own Cleary, the great footballer, captain of the Clare footballers, you know, and Owen would have played minor in that, but the football got very serious for Owen at county level and he decided to stop playing hurling. So it's it's not rocket science, but that's what happens. And sometimes people and, find and it hard to understand, yeah. But yeah, but is Connor Cleary then playing football? Is he playing hurling with Kilmele? So Kilmele have a hurling club of them? Yeah, they're just a hurling club. They don't have a football so- section at all. So right, okay. Um, and there was always the thing with Lissy Casey over the road here, where Fanny O'Dee's pub is. Their senior football. Some of their lads would always have gone to Kilmele and vice versa. That has died off a fair bit. Most a lot of their lads now hurl with Ballier. Uh, I suppose since right. Ballier became yeah. really prominent from, you know, t- 12, and great minor teams with Kelly back around 10, 11, you know, and, and those sort of players, the Gudgies and the, the Jack Browns and all these fellas. So, yeah, that's the way that works. Now, um, they do well, but I tell you, I give, give awful credit to Robbie, Hog- Robbie Hogan. Sorry, just just to finish that, the manager, yeah, Robbie yeah. Hogan, and he has been involved in three to four victories and, and to, ma- to manage that, like, with them going completely back, like, whatever what the Bears would say, lads, and I know the three Catalans now are an exception going off down to West Cork, yeah. but, to, yeah. like, he has to say good luck on a Sunday, we'll say, to Pierce Lillis, to Marty Leary, to Stan Lenin, you know, to Tomas Kelly, all the lads that are going back playing with the Gales or or, or Cora Clare or Kinmehel or even further back or wherever they go, Clondy Gad, and they give their complete commitment in Lissy Casey to that football club for that week, play the big game, he gets them back in on the Tuesday in some shape or form and has to have them ready to take on maybe a Six Mile Bridge, a Cratlow, a Nairog, a, a Clare Castle, whoever uh, at senior level on the following Sunday. And they've been doing that year in, year out, you know, and, and uh, we're on about to split season and that, but these boys have been at that, you know. Uh, yeah. Pierce Lillis would have played every game at Clare, I'd say, league and championship in football this year, which was a long year because the Clare footballers wound up in the last uh, eight uh, beaten by Derry up in, up in Crow Park and right. straight back to his own club, Cora Clare, who had just been relegated and they wanted to bounce back straight up, very proud football <laughs> club. And uh, he played every game for them, every game for Ballier. <laughs> yeah. um, to the point where he looks a bit flat now. So I'd say, I'd say Adrian O'Brien might be saying, Pierce, you take it easy there now for 10 days and we'll get the yeah. body tipped tape. And I see you, you, you've tempted Adrian O'Brien across the border as well in the... In the... It, the Bologna has, which is a good appointment for Clare as well, I would say, Delo, because his history and record with teams and obviously with the Limerick footballers, especially, like he he, he knows his beans when it comes to SNC, you know, for sure. 100% TJ, it's a, it's a huge sign in. I mean, what he has done with the Bears and Ballier this year for Brian to be able to get in and, and you know, it's no harm shake up your backroom team too, I think. We were, we were on earlier about the players. I think it's good good to shake up your backroom team as well and, and getting a fella of that calibre and be a lot of talk, almost it'll be soft talk around the county. Um, that maybe the two Limerick games last year took it out of clear because traditionally, strength and conditioning wise, we'd be behind Limerick because they're at it since the academy and all that sort of you know, I don't know. And we didn't play as well against Wexford and we really didn't play at all against Kilkenny. So, uh, maybe there's something in that, but uh, Adrian has a nice bit to work with as well. I think you know, the form of, of young Mark Rogers and a few more lads, Aidan McCarthy was outstanding hurling and football as well with his club. Um, so 
Yeah, I think that's that's a big uh, coup for Brian to get him in. Yeah, it's an important role as well to get right this time of year, especially to have fellas like we spoke, I think maybe during the year about getting your timing right. And some counties did and some counties didn't, or maybe it was used as an excuse, but to have somebody with his experience. And as I said, if you look at the Limerick footballers over the last number of years, Adrian with Billy Lee, like he did an incredible job. So I would say it's a good coup. And Adrian's a top, top SNC coach now, I'd have to say. Yeah, it's, 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 it's where it's at, and just, you know. And, and just, Anthony, before you just go away from that, um, do do a lot of those clubs then have underage hurling, Anthony? So, like, no. are they bringing into a certain stage or they just have no underage hurling? Do they do their underage hurling then in belly A as well? They do, they do, yeah, and mostly no. Right. Yeah, Kiki Balaha definitely, but that's very far back, you know, Kiki... It's a long way back. Like he's another twenty miles from me. Like you know, um, they have and Michael O'Neill, be Shane's father. Michael Stalworth Clareman has a holiday home in uh, in Kiki and is always in and out to the school. And they complete a thing called the West Clare Board competitions, um, and they complete compete maybe in the Clare Junior C competitions. Clonbunny and Kiki Balaha, couple of clubs from back around here, but. Terms of serious stuff, terms of playing, trying to play under fourteen A, um, most of them hit for Kimeli or Bellier. Yeah, it's a fair commitment being a parent. <laughs> yeah, oh, incredible. I said yeah. that, that's just phenomenal to think the the parents are bringing the kids to that distance. I'm just surprised that the football clubs themselves don't try and bring up an underage hurling team with them and like start at the lowest grade and and even if there's eleven aside, you know. Get Colin going, and I'm just a bit mm. surprised to be honest. Some, sco- it'll some be allowed, schools, it'll be allowed so, die out like that's the reality. Like, yeah, some schools. Um, when I came back here first in 1999, local priest up the road, Father Peter Lachlan, and myself got a team to go on. I called it Kinmehill, started off under 12D, I suppose. Then we went 14s D, and we won it. Uh, and now we had lads, we had lads like David Tuberty, declare a great clear footballer from Dumbeg. We had lads from Shannon Gales. We had lads from Kilmehill itself, Cora Clare, um, all around the place, Cool Mean. Um, and it went on from there, that team, and we wound up winning uh, an under 16 C, beating traditional clubs like Ina in the final, you know, um, and lot, lots of traditional clubs. And so we went minor B then, and we lost a semi final of a minor B. But we were getting kind of more screwed and screwed for space and places to train and pressured in when lads were, of course, they were being called on to their senior or junior yeah. intermediate teams. So we famously yeah. sat down with a few people who had West Clare hurling at their heart and we went to a West Clare board meeting. Uh, I wasn't a delegate. Carmel Cochran, the teacher in Kamehel, was a delegate with another delegate from there. I think there was 13, there was 12 delegates in the chairman and they went into a room and I proposed that we look for a bit of land centrally, somewhere nearby, that would be easy for Cora Clare, Kilmehill, that team really de- being the essence of it, and that we'd attract yeah. future future players, maybe even from Kilrush. Now, Kilrush would have had their own underage team at the time as well, as would Kilkey, um, but that we would try and form a West Clare hurling club. Call it West yeah. Clare Gales. I mean, like, call I mean, like it like Well, whatever you want to call it. No, well, it would be a club, a club. We would not interfere. I went into the meeting. This, geez, this is way back around 2005 now. It's hard to remember the exact details. We went into the meeting. I explained to them what I was on about. 
I had made contact to Crow Park, I had made contact to Munster Council. Grants probably would be an issue, but they'd do their best for us and would really... We had a great cause, really, to spread hurling in the county. Um, yeah. We would we would try and get our own facilities, as in a, a pitch and, and dressing rooms, and use it specifically just for hurling. We wouldn't be asking lads who had football training to come hurling with us. We do the week before yeah. our hurling and... and but um, I'll never forget sitting in the Quilty Tavern having a pint with Father Peter and Carmel came out and she was the colour of my computer screen here now. <laughs> she was like a ghost and she said, lads, we lost 7-6 to 6-all and the cast and vote was given. So I, we've been, we adjourned to a great hurling man, Christy Carty. He has a pub in Coor. He'd be Clan Bunny up near Milton Malbe. Uh, so I said, come on, Peter, we'll adjourn to Christy's drink a few pints and lament. That's my last involvement with West Clare Hurling. I said, and was <laughs> Stuck to my yes. guns. And I think they yeah. had a team the following year, maybe the year after, Kilmehel, but then it just died and it's just started going. Ballier benefited a lot from it now. But uh, it's a pity. It was yeah. a great chance. I have no doubt now, if you look at the Conor Cleys, if you look at the Pierce Lillis's, you know, the Stan Lanines, Martin Leary's, some of the lads I'd have started with that under 14 team would still be trucking away now back around here and they'd only be about 32, 33. Uh, Tomas Downs. Um, Tomas Downs was a sub for a rogue in the county final. He went to a rogue when it broke up. Um, his father had a connection there. I'd no, I've no doubt, and I've rabbited on about this for too long now, sorry, but we would have no, no. We would have been senior on our own at this stage. You know, And I, I offered to train the team and chair the club for the first year at least if we got things up and running, you know. And it might have taken a year or two, but uh, that was the end of it anyway. <laughs> so, so, sorry, sorry for asking the question, but I tell you now that that was brilliant, Dale. What you how you just described what's happened because I, I wasn't aware of any of that, Dorek, you know. Yeah, I could have one or two details now, could have gone that was the gist yeah. of it, Mark. Um, but yeah. the six lads and the chairman that voted against it anyway, I hope you're still getting your all Ireland tickets, lads. Hopefully they're coming into post for every year. Hey, hey, let, hey, Elsa, Elsa, let it go. Let it go, Elsa. How do you let it go? There's an Irish Elsa now, isn't there? <laughs> but anyways, look. Uh, yeah, that's in the sides. Ballier get through. Um, good club, good club. They'd be written off, though, lads, because I was getting into the greater grounds, lads. I was at the at Limerick final. I closely watched Belly Gunner all last year and again against Kilwan. I was getting in there um, to see that because I thought in the Piercy might even turn them over, to be honest. And at halftime, I was certain they were turning them over because the space they were creating in the Belly Gunner defence, the way Peter Casey was moving, the way William Hen was moving inside, Adrian Breen, the runners coming from outside, I felt were savaging them in the work rate then around the middle with William and all Conor Bylan going out into the war zone and Belly Gunner looked like they hadn't the answers for them in the first half struggling at the other end the goal was against the run of play let's face it uh, but of course Desi buried it um, it was just a couple of little things coming up to half time I know it was five points uh, I think Mike Foley had to go off injured in forced injury my Casey was carrying a leg, lads, walking past me. Dr. Dave Boylan had his arm around him. He was definitely carrying a leg at that stage. And we all know Mike had to go off subsequently with what looked a more serious injury. Now, we all hope. I don't know if you have any news on that, TJ. But 
Um, hopefully for Mike, he gets a bit of luck uh, on this occasion. But at halftime, I just felt if Mike Casey's not right, that's coming back out here down a defender already. And if and if Belly Gunner can get a couple of quick scores, but in actual fact, what I the two chances they had that they dropped short, which is criminal altogether, not to put them wide. And who, of course, got brilliant restarts going straight away. And what happened was they got two frees down the other end, and all of a sudden five became three. And then Mike, before he went off, if I'm summing it up, Fino, you can feel free to jump in and say that. But Mike got yeah. a rush of blood to the head, lads, and jumped up for that high ball. Why? I don't know. Young Fitzgerald just stayed down, picked it up, rolled it into the corner of the net. As we'd always say, keep it low, you have a good chance. But uh, the game was really on then. And then Belly Gunner, their up work rate, lads, had gone through the roof. Their two midfielders, Heaney and Sheehan, like Sheehan four from play, Parik Mahoney everywhere. Peter Hogan, I felt, work rate, mania. He was everywhere. He was like going larking in his head. Eh? And then I thought, at the other end of the field, Cochlin was Cochlin at full back, like a dog. Philip Mahoney sat that bit deeper, Shane O'Sullivan beside him, and they took over the game. And like for to say that now Pierce could only get four points at half time in the second half, you someone would laugh at you, wouldn't it? Yeah, I only got so I see, I seen I was listening to Milan and Parry Lodge coming down the road from Galway, but I got I, I watched the full game on Sunday night. The work rate from both teams they at different times, and I know those clips there see on social media just outlining the work rate and the tackling and the hunting, like two teams at the peak of their powers. And look, it's very hard to have complaints. It appears you would look to those couple of chances and when you get beaten, you always look at the game a little bit different and you're looking for it like we'd score this and score that. In the first half, like Parik Mahoney had sent a couple of wides from play and from freeze. Like, so they would look back if it hadn't gone their way. But two teams, like this is probably the top level of club hurling in the country. That's that's yeah. the very, 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 very top bar. And look, the Pierce just came up a little bit short. But credit Belly Gunner being five points down. Again, mentality and the resolve to get their game going and get their work rate going. Young Fitzgerald is a big plus for them into the forwards. Looks the making of a real classy forward now in fairness and going to take a bit of watching going forward. But the work rate and the energy. Um, Mike Casey, uh, I don't know for sure. I know he went for a scan and I'm sure that they're waiting for the, the result of that. I like talking to a couple of the lads uh, the last couple of days, they're, they're optimistic that it's not the cruciate. That's nothing confirmed. That they're, they're, they're hoping that it's not. It is the same knee, the right knee, unfortunately. But they are hoping that knee has caused him a bit of trouble in the past. So it might be just maybe a bit of cartilage or something. So we're all hopeful that it's not to cruciate and, and, and that maybe he just take a bit of time out and a bit of rehab and get going again. So that's to be confirmed. Yeah, but I tell you, didn't didn't Belly gonna show some resolve in fairness to them now? And mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people would slag off water but holding down through the years that you know that they have no battle and that when it comes down to it, they'll never get over the line. But what Belly Gunner showed in the All Ireland final last year, number one, but I thought in the match against the Piercing on Sunday was just incredible resolve. Like there's no doubt in the Piercing were in a, were in the driving seat on Sunday at half time turning the play with whatever bit of a breeze I think was there, was probably with them. And you'd have to say that Belly Gunner dug in. And to, to turn it to be five points down, to win by five, and to hold the Pierce to four points was an incredible, incredible display. Parig Manny rolled back the years, 13 points. I think he got seven from play. Like that's just a performance for the ages. And as TJ mentioned, he missed three at the start of the game that he normally would get. So that shows the quality guy he is as well, to be having a bad day and to be able to turn it around. So, again, it's played yeah. over 60 minutes. 
management, don't this, panic just because a fella hits a couple of wise, don't be giving him the curly finger, like, you know, you just stick yeah. with him. The scientists behind the game too will, will love as the, the puck out strategy from Belly Gunner. There was the marginal differences around the ruck. Uh, Parik didn't seem to engage the ruck there around that line, and the rest of the boys they knew straight away. He he reminded me of a guy basically when the ruck farms in rugby, and a guy sits in the pocket getting ready for the drop goal. Like Parik was always in the right place. They turned, they top, popped the ball to him, but he nailed them. Yeah, brilliant performance. But strategically into the second half. Uh, Bally Gunner's game they seemed to have exactly the way they wanted they had their spare man they had their full back line protected uh, Saki seemed to be getting all the right calls in terms of the puck outs short moving them so tactically yeah, you'd, you'd have to give him a lot of credit too I'm actually but, is, is, is he back in the Waterford squad or was Fitzy looking for him or is that confirmed or is that still kind of up there don't know that Teach I don't know that yeah, okay. honest, uh, there was time I presume, you, I I presume you bloody would be <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't, I don't think he's back, lads. Is is, is the information I have? But TJ in the middle of the second he's half. Probably back, so. no. He's probably back. He's probably back. So. got a free that he he would be disappointed that he missed, and Peter Casey missed a handy point straight afterwards. And you're just talking about the psychological thing that goes on in fellas' heads, right? You have Lewandowski last night playing soccer last night with a penalty. The most, one of the most experienced strikers in the game failed to convert it like in an in-all draw. So it just shows you the psychology and the pressure that's on players when they go out to the field to play. And we never we never give credit to players that are able to, to stand up to that pressure in, 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 in the games. And like these are only amateur lads, but like it does play in their minds. And during that, that period of time, and the Pearshig needed a couple of scores just to get themselves back into the game. And it's like a boost for the opposition when handy scores get missed. They, I think, I think Benny going to push down again. And do you know what? I yeah, suppose I, I do agree with you. That, 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 that free and 10 minutes to go was important to bring it back to one. But the way Belly Gunner finished, you'd have to say they were just looked impressive and definitely looked a stronger, stronger team in the finish. Like, do you, do you think that Belly Gunner? are not getting the credit for the All-Ireland victory last year, that the fact that they got a last-minute goal to win it, that is there a bit in the back of them saying to themselves, look, we need to go back-to-back to, back to prove that we are the, the best, or one of the best club teams in the country in this era? Do you think I that's presume, in the back of their mind? I presume they're using that themselves, Dan. I'd say Dara Sullivan is using that. But to say they didn't get the credit, geez, from the likes of us, I think we... You know, yeah, like I, yeah. I was, I was getting in that Limerick Road, even if there was speed vans there, <laughs> to get to see Belly Gunner and the Piercy too. Yeah, I've heard that argument about a few teams. Um, like this, the Piercy group have won one club all Ireland. Uh, St Thomas's have won one club all Ireland. This Belly Gunner squad, they've won about nine counties in a row. They've won one club all Ireland. But I suppose you have to give credit to the real competitive nature of the competition. We're talking about the best club in every county, and they're just difficult to win. So I would have felt that Belly Gunner got plenty of credit, and I know, let's say, from Waterford, they gave that a shot in the arm. So for me, they certainly don't have to prove anything. They, they are at the cutting edge of Club Hurling. I do know that inside Waterford, like they've really pushed on with all their teams and underage. They've raised the bar. And look, I even see something, I think it was from Noel Connors today, about saying that the rest of the clubs just have to come up to the bar. And usually... Yeah. That improves that, that that rising tide, like rather than that, that being bad for and I 
I think it's just it's telling all the clubs get your house in order. This is where the level is at, and if you want to compete, yeah. like yeah, come yeah, join the party. If you were in Waterford, like <laughs> yeah, like our our champions meet on Saturday week. Not too many will give him a chance, but at least we're saying we're looking forward to it. But if you're in Waterford, it's going on for how many years? The nine in a row. You have nine to be row, saying yeah. we, we have to try and stop it, like some way or another. And it's probably the only way is underage work. And, and savage at that, yeah. like you know, and I know Mount Sion have and and De La Salle have an awful lot of work done, but it's just they're such a superpower club and, and fair play to them. And they come across as very humble, and, and Dara certainly does anyway. And uh, yeah, you know, I, as I said, whenever Fitzy decides he's enough time down there, I think Dara Sullivan's a man that should have to be considered. Uh, with the work he's done for them, uh, for the Watford job, yeah. homegrown. Speaking, and... I actually, I actually met Dara Sullivan in Tremor the day Casey Tay won, believe it or not. And we, we my, myself and Marco, we talked him into joining the syndicate actually that same day, given the dark. salesman that we are. Like, so good horse racing fan, but yeah, v- v- very down to earth, carries himself extremely well on the sideline, seems to know exactly what he's doing. And as I said, to be fair to them, strategically, tactically, they need to get plenty of credit because they're getting those calls right and they got the puck outs right very much in the second half. and you know, they're the small things. And when you have two teams as well prepared as in the Pearson and the Belly Gun are two real powerhouses, right? It does. That's when the real small pieces of clips and know what the opposition do. It, it just really, really fine margins. Yeah, without yeah, giving yeah, it a... Do, do you know if Sean O'Donnell is still involved with Belly Gunner in the video analysis? Oh, well, sure, yeah. There you go. He'd be, he'd be <laughs> no a big helper against the Pearson against the wouldn't he? Yeah, I know, I, 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 I know. I, I, yeah, I think yeah, I, I thought, to be honest, I, I, the best sum up I can give of it, Mark, is, is in the second half, Bally Gunner looked at each other in the eye at half time and said, We're not working hard enough. And they're able, and like Downsy's a great man to win puck out, so is Boylan to win puck outs clean. Their puck out was a bit slow and high in the second half, and they just broke the ball. And because their fight level was gone to the next level. They were winning most yeah. of the breaks. It was going back down towards an Piercy goal more it, than often. Watching on TV, Dale, if you ask me strategically in the second half, I think that if there was one single difference between winning and losing the game from both sides, was probably the strategy around the puck outs. I thought Bally Gunners got theirs right, whereas the stats will tell you that Piercy didn't get theirs right. So I, yeah. I think that's yeah. probably the key difference. Probably the key difference. Mark, looking ahead without giving us, I suppose, would you give Belly any chance? I know. All-Ireland <laughs> champions, but sure, look at I, I have to, we won't be having a pod until afterwards, we'll be, we'll be reviewing it, I don't think we've, we've a pod next week, so Saturday at quarter past three is weird enough for me anyway, the Munster final. Well, how it's not on a Sunday is unbelievable, I, I would have thought the junior and the intermediate Munster finals would have been on Saturday and then your senior final was on Sunday. <clears throat> There's a word out there that in the Piercing have an have a intermediate final, but there was a deal done they have an intermediate final on that Sunday where there was a deal done that the Piercy thought they were going to be in the final. I don't really know, but um, maybe the, your friends from Limerick can confirm that. But I'm a bit surprised on, on a Saturday that, that it isn't billed on a Sunday. Like So um, I, I suppose a lot of people would would say that the belly gun on the Piercy game, that they were the two hot favourites for the Munster Championship and whoever would come out of it would start as hot favourites in the final. You know Belly Hay as well as I do. They will die with their, their boots and in their boots. Um, Tony Kelly, he, he, he hasn't hit the heights since that Munster final last year. His stock has gone down. And, and like it took him 45 minutes to get into the match last Sunday. 
Now, mm. remember, he was off for a long period of time with a bad ankle last year. He had an operation on it as well. So I don't know whether he's keep, but his form hasn't been good. I think for Belly Hay to get over the line, they'll need a man of the match performance from Tony Kelly, in my in my view. I think they'll find it very, very difficult. You're coming up against one of the best drill teams in the country. I'll be putting Belly Hale, Shamrock's up there with the with the Belly Gunners. And I think they're a step ahead of everybody else in my view. I think it'll be a, a tall order for your 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 county champions at the moment. Yeah, TJ, I suppose it's hard to disagree. I will, what I will say is last year in the Hammern, they hadn't Kelly, they hadn't Goji, and they hadn't Carl Do, and Carl was in Australia and he's probably won't be starting, but he comes on a lot of the games. But Goji be a mainstay of them now. They Gerard O'Connell would be um, number five on his back and he'd go at it and they'd know it's Kelly. There. Yeah, and like Gary Brennan didn't play with him at the start of the year at all. He was concentrating on the football with Clondy Gad. Uh, and he's only played since the semi-final. And he's really beginning to find, you know, that was probably yeah. his best game now against the Bears. Um, so they will be a bit better, but there, there's that feeling in me as well that um, Belly Gunner, with the confidence of winning the All-Ireland as well, have gone up another a notch again. Ah, 100%. Yeah, like what, what they've done over the last two years. But like class is permanent. Like there's always a day that Tony Kelly will come up trumps and, and go to town. Like if his stocks are really, really low with you, Mark, I wouldn't mind buying them stocks because I know that's what he's capable of. And we're heading yeah. into a time of the year as well, Dale, where the scores, the, the, the scoring averages come down. Uh, you could be into, let's say, poorish weather and anything is possible. And, you know, like I said about Belly A earlier on about their determination, doggedness just to get results on a given day, they're certainly not without a chance. I think the general opinion would be, just as you said, Belly Gunner have just raised the bar and, they, and they've kicked on, I suppose, and like, they just proved that again against the Pearson. And it looked to be a higher level game, but look, that's the beauty of hurling, the beauty of sports, is, is that the Belly A boys will be out chomping at the bit, ready to have a go. And if Jack Brown maybe wants to prove a point or them type of things, as you said at the top of the show, Delo, what better place to do it than maybe to tie up someone like a Parik Manny? Yeah, yeah. Like even you can say at this stage, nearly Barry Coote inside and goal for Belly will have to have a very good game. <laughs> do you know, and that's one of those things like your goalie to have a great game, Kelly to hit the heights, Jack to give a storm or a position at centre back, and men mark Mahoney completely, which I thought Pearcey gave him too much latitude Correct. to move around the field. So, yeah, look, we understand why they're favourites and, and we look forward and to it. Even though it's quite best stream on Saturday, I will be there. You know, Paul, Paul Flanagan and Desi Hutchinson. Nice little mm. match-up there now. Well, and, and nice, nice to have a Paul Flanagan to put on him as well. Like, to put on detail him, yeah. Uh, yeah, are, yeah. Are your Brandon O'Connell? Wouldn't that yeah. be? Wouldn't Lohan be loving? Wouldn't he yeah. love, though, to see Brandon O'Connell going on him and say, right, OK, let's see now. Because this yeah. is the level that I I want you at. I said Brandon, Brandon be more of a wing back though normally, and he'd be that right. kind of an attacking player, loving on the ball, and I'd say he'd be happier. Oh well, from uh, from a Bellier point of view, I'd say they'd be happier that Paul will defend him and you know mark him like he marked yeah. Shane O'Donnell in the exactly. county final, and you know so. Let's just a thing. Um, the split season, obviously, people are still raving about it. Some people are beginning to whinge a little bit. We are seeing, of course, some poor conditions now. Limerick, Limerick's field at the moment, but it's a new field, of course, on his second match ever on it. Like, so it want to be good. Uh, the crowds are, you know, eighteen hundred was the official attendance in Ennis, and uh, I think it was three thousand two hundred in the Gaelic grounds. Yeah. Not sure what Galway was like, TJ. Not huge. Like. It wasn't huge. It was, I think it was only six thousand or something after the county uh-huh. final, which I, I think they would have been happy enough yeah, in the bed. 
Yeah, I think we were having this discussion like uh, the other day about the whole split season. I think, in fairness, from a player's point of view, the general view to, as players I've spoken to is they're happy with it and it works. The general view within clubs is they like the structure, they know their timings, they know when the championship starts. It works. So I think the only people really whinging maybe are, let's say, people in the media and maybe the people hunting profile of a bigger game later into the year. Now, if you find two weeks, will that help? I'm not so sure. Like, the games from a TV and a discussion point of view, the club games are really, really good. But what I'm finding is you, the following, because they're club teams and they're small, you kind of only tend to go to the game if you're kind of either diehard neutral that the game's on locally or you're following your club. Like So to have Napiershig and Belly Gunner, which is probably as, as, as box office as you'd get from a club game and you only get whatever, three odd thousand people at the game, I think that speaks to volumes. But I'm sure then there'll be an awful lot of people tuning into it and wanting to know the result and watching it on TV. So it's, 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 it's a difficult one. But my view right now would be that the split season is working. It might need a little tweak here and there, like around the league and maybe a little bit of timing into the start of the championship. And maybe, as you said, there they could be by two weeks. Um, but overall, I, I, I think it's here to stay. And I think that the general view amongst the people within it are happy with it. Even for a club to go away and potentially find some sort of a profile manager or a big manager where you can get your house in order maybe for the first part of the year, Delo, and bring mm. somebody in whatever six or eight weeks out and drive it on. I think there's better structure there. Like, What's the alternative would be the other question. Like playing championship matches the first week in April where you're now asking clubs to go back and be ready the first of January and have that, let's say, 12 or 14 weeks. I definitely don't think that's the answer. Whereas this is very solid, it's very structured, and it gives the clubs time. And there seems to be, like, everyone seems to run after county championship straightforward enough. So I, th- I, I think it's here to stay. Yeah, Sky have sort of um, pulled out, and one of their reasons was the, the earlier season. Um, don't buy that right. really. Um, I think it was a sheer money thing uh, from what I'm reading from John Fogarty yesterday. They just didn't meet the valuation the GAA had on it. Um, yeah, there'll be a loss though. You know, it was a, it was a good alternative, and the and the boys were very good. And Jamesy and yeah, Ali and, did, and JJ, you know. But it was like Anthony most Mickey, most days that there was a, a match on RTE. I'd say ninety percent of the people tuned into the RTE presentation rather than the Sky presentation. And you know, I suppose for some of the games, the Sky were covering that were not covered on the GA. I'd say the viewing numbers weren't brilliant either at the same time. So I'd say it's, it's a purely a commercial decision. Um, but like it, it's it's back in the left of the RT now to keep promoting the game. Yeah, yeah, and um, we've say Desi Cahill has gone as well now from Sunday night. Um, so say well done today. So my own time working with him, you would have been there the other night, TJ as well with him. I mean, I I just good. think people have to if they when they get as someone as good as Desi Cahill to run what he was trying to run, lads, um, because. When I was in it the first time before I went to Dublin, I was in it in 07 and 08. We would maybe have three hurling matches to look at and there might be six football matches. So you had loads of time to chat. The chat was always there. The crack was always there, having a go at each other, et cetera, et cetera. Lads, no, the amount of footage from everything, every division of the hurling championship, every division, Telchin Cup, the Camogies, it's all there and to try and do it in two hours, so the best to look to whoever takes over it. I, I wish him the best. Heard a few whispers, but I, I wouldn't like to be commenting on, on any of those. Um, 
I suppose we we all acknowledge a second show is needed really for highlights, doesn't it? Or behind your red button that you have a football Sunday game and you have a hurling Sunday game and you have two different presenters and you have two different studios. To me, yeah. I mean, I'd say 90% of the time I just want to watch the hurling stuff. I, I won't watch the football. And it's not anti-football, I just won't watch it. Just I won't be rushing home anywhere to watch the football. But for football people, that is the only gig in town. They want to watch the Sunday game, the football section. So mm. for me, it would be behind the red button if you want to watch football. And the other one, if you want to watch the Holland through Sunday game. I think it's more time than to change now, Mark. There's, there's a good opportunity to change in terms of, let's say, obviously, Des is gone. They can have a right good look at Here it. We go. I know. Here we go. I know. I know there are rights issues and um, uh, around the whole thing, but like the TG4 doing a highlights program on a Monday night. So understanding all of them, obviously, and getting getting through them. Whether you go down the road of football and hurling, and you said at the start of the show there, there's a possibility of let's say the ladies' football and the camogie becoming all part of this as well, right? To me, as I said, maybe maybe the bigger picture, maybe there's a GEA TV uh, uh, going to come down the, the track here at some point where you basically have everything and then you don't need red button. As I said, look, can you imagine, let's say, the horse racing without having racing TV? Like it would be very, very difficult to, to promote it. And yeah. the flip side for them is uh, the, the racing TV beaming it into homes maybe has lessened the attendances usually at the track. So, right. look... You're right, it has lessened the attendances at the match, but it has you couldn't put the number of viewers that are watching whatever sport it is now that you can beam into your house and you are doing untold promotion of whatever sport you have by beaming it into people's room and make it make it handy for them. And ultimately, what you will have is you'll have the diehard supporter, whatever game there is, if it's hockey, soccer, football, rugby, hurling, racing, they'll go to the races or they'll go to the individual because they want to be there to see it live. But the bigger picture is you are angling for that person out there to get their support, to get their interest. And by bringing it into their front room, like we saw in the live streaming, people will watch the live streaming during COVID. People will watch and people will pay for the facility. And we have yeah. to provide that facility for them. In, in relation to promotion of the game, and, and, and let's say, from our point of view, hurling, and let's say we, we would go anywhere to watch a good, good hurling match. But I, I was had a good fortune of uh, being in New York again recently with, with, with the lads from Limerick, and we got oh, yeah. really well looked after. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a little bit of a shakedown up there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, in fairness to the group outside, um, Eddie Wiley and, and, and the lads uh, really well looked after us. Uh, so we had good function there and a few of the lads out. But uh, John Mackey brought us to an NFL game um, on the Sunday. So it was my first time being at an American football game. My God, the promotion, the tailgate party beforehand where everyone gets into the zone, everyone gets talking about the game. I, I was just trying to imagine, let's say, a big game in, in either Ennis or the Gaelic Grounds where everyone has their, their SUVs and their tailgate party and the noise going and the hurley's out. And I, I, I still think that there's plenty more promotion that the GA could do, the billboards where they have the teams up and like they make an awful lot of noise. And in terms of an event, the NFL for me, superb event, the noise, the cheering, everything, the game. <laughs> I would think the game wouldn't be for me now. And I, I met Jackie Terrell over there and he'd be raving about the NFL and about how good mm. it is. And yeah, and it all stopped. Big Texas that. fan, indeed. Big Texas fan, yeah. But in terms of um, the actual game itself, 
wouldn't probably be my cup of tea. I couldn't imagine going to a game, sitting and watching the game. I think you have to get into the zone. But in terms of the GA, there's still an awful long way to go here, like in terms of what we can do here and to maximise the promotion of it. Like as I said, as a product, uh, and that's why I'm trying to keep you and your likes, which are VAR and all that kind of stuff, away from it, Mark. As a product, <laughs> the instinct of a hurling match on the day, it's very important that we don't go tampering with that. And I know you've made a point to me about one or two incidents just to have a look at them, but that is not legally possible because once there's VAR, now you can look at every incident. So if my one goal between now and the start of the league, right, is to get VAR out of your head for 2023, it's not going to happen. We don't need it. Okay. I'm afraid. There's no need to answer that, Matt. Yeah. We know your opinions okay. on it. There's no need to answer that. There's no need. Right. But the key, Move on. Chances of our, our time. The All-Stars, TJ, you didn't dominate them like last year, but you, you have the Hurler of the Year in Burnsy. I think everyone would agree he was the Hurler of the Year. Um, yes. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal year he had. Like he's just brought free taking from that type of range to a new dimension, and I think he's there's people going to be measured, long range free takers into the future against Dermot Burns. It's a serious weapon for this Limerick team. Even one or two days when let's say things aren't going according to plan, that he can put the ball down. I'm not even sure what his range is. I definitely saw one just outside the D where he nailed in Crow Park. So it's just a phenomenal tool to have in any team. He just had one of those years that, from a wing-back's point of view, everything fell into place. In fairness to the other lads, like I, I would say Barry Nash had a super year as well. I do think that Aaron Gillan like, maybe could have been nominated. Just from my own point of view, I thought that he carried us in the forwards at times when we really needed it. He's a top-class inside forward. And I, I, I just think that he's in that bracket, which is great. I will throw a lot of Liberty people on about Sean Finn. In fairness to Shawnee, uh, he is definitely, I, I think if we were all picking a team tomorrow morning on, on farm, I think he would be the first man into the full back line to set, look, that speaks for itself. I can't take away that Mikey Butler didn't have a good year. He did have a good a good year. He did have some man-marking duties which took out well. But for me, Shawnee Finn's a better cornerback. I don't think there's no, any point in having the argument. In fairness to Shawnee, I was with him in New York as well. He was trying to make a few cocktails and different things behind the bar. He is definitely, definitely a way better cornerback. <laughs> <laughs> Why, Shawnee, you're a man of multi-talents. We always knew you were anyway. You know, right, come here before, before you go away from the All-Stars now, I have to defend my own county here in this scenario. Um, what? what? Last year, we, we went to an All-Ireland final and got no All-Star. We won no Monster final, the same as yourselves won no Monster final. You got to a semi-final and you ended up with three All-Stars in, after making it to the semi-final. Cork won an All-Ireland final the year previous and got no All-Star. There's something seriously long, wrong with the judges, I'd have to say. Now, I, you know my feelings. I didn't think we deserved anything. But it certainly isn't right when you see the clear lads. And it's no disrespect to the clear lads that got them. Fair play to them. But it makes no sense when Cork got no odds there, having been in an All-Ireland final, and clear end up with three. I, mean, yeah, I, suppose, I suppose it was just those epic uh, Limerick games, really, were just the two, one in Ennis and the Munster final been one of the greatest yep. monster finals in, in decades. I suppose that swung it for the three year ads. I, I oh I won't push you on which of the three of you would like left off um this. I know listen it, it's just it's just the, the unfairness of it. We all look Claire didn't play well against Wexford and they didn't play well against uh, against Kilkenny and still managed to win and, uh, and the best to look to them but there's something seriously flawed in the system. 
if a team gets to an All Ireland final and can't get one Asda. Yeah, it's someone you you just have to bring back Frank. I'm afraid there's no there's no other <laughs> there's, there's no other well, answer. In fairness, Frank back. Well, in fairness to Kevin O'Donovan, he packed out Parky Cueve in the middle of the season with months to South Africa. So, yeah. like you know, you compare that to the attendances at the our club, our club, big game, the big club, and then you put on the spectacle and you pack out the rafters. It's yeah, you, well, you, 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 you might be as well off if he if he focused a bit more on the hurling you see and the big games and getting more all stars than Ed Sheeran and. And, and rugby matches and stuff Elton like John. That. Like, Elton that's, John. Elton John. Like, you know, maybe that's where you're going slightly wrong. You don't see any of that going on in Cusy Park. Yeah, well, look, yeah. all I would say to you is that we, there was big hassle there a couple of years ago that we had 100 million worth of debt. And I see the Kerry County Board are now giving, doing a facelift to Killarney for 72 million euros. We're well on the way to reducing our 100 million, I can tell you. And we have the stadium now, we have the pitch. All we, and we, I think the players are on the way. Just wait, just give us time. Give us time, Della. We're on the way. Play, once they're not playing full back for your beloved monster in rugby, that's the problem we I have know. again now if you can hold on to them. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> just one interesting note on the All Stars, Della, was the two teams who won the football in Hurling All Ireland and who were good winners, or Kerry and Limerick. None of the two teams had an All Star in the middle of the field. Just interesting note, that's all. Interesting, yeah. Yeah. And the hurling was, you know, Will was obviously very strong in the middle of the field. Just saying, uh, that's all. Unusual, yeah. I'll just yeah. leave that out there. Have you a lot of fogers, have you? Because I have a nice few because we weren't on for a few weeks. Um, no, you're okay. Walk away. I'm grand. Okay. I, just, I just want to extend sympathies to my great friend, uh, Ray Finn, who was kit man with me, with Dublin, head of logistics. Uh, he was there right through Jerry Cunningham's time in a nice bit of Matty Kenny's time as well I'd say he's given massive service uh, his dad Paddy uh, died and, and was buried on Monday in Artane and I think it would be nice for us to mention and it was lovely to hear lads being at the matches on Sunday the minute silence for Vicky Phelan both places Gaelic grounds and a round of applause broke out in the Gaelic grounds it was fabulous and Michael Ellard who often interviewed me trying to get the Clare team uh, he's a great journalist he was gas man as well Absolutely, like, yeah, like, he was. You know, he, he was a, like when the were going well, we had a couple of county finals and we went to many of the matches the following day. And Michael Ellard, what a pleasure it was to sit down with him, have a couple of pints, yeah. have a joke, a laugh, a chat. What an absolute gentleman of a man, yeah, no doubt about it. Um, lads, looking forward on the Munster scene. Uh, we've nice, nicely teed up, um, in. Intermediate, Monlin beating uh, Dora Bearfield and Ross Gray managing to hold off. Um, who did Ross Gray beat, lads? Uh, oh, it's Inish Carroll. Sorry, Mark. And then you have yes. Swanee's on the road again, Mark, with um, Belly Giblin trying to win the yeah. same monster title for the second year. I know, year. incredible, isn't it? Incredible yeah. because yeah. you restructured, obviously. But they play St. Kieran's, which TJ, oh, I'm trying to find it hard. St. Kieran's are the Midwest, are they? No, they'd be, they'd, they'd be West. They'd be probably more better known in historically as a just very strong football team and it would have won a couple of counties in yeah, football. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, they're, they're, they're back uh, close to Newcastle West Side. So, um, yeah, okay. they've had a great okay. win there and they, 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 they're going well. And they have some winner in, in, in terms of to win that game in, in, in extra time. Yeah, they're up against that Shane Meehan inspired banner there, Shane, to be some player at that level for them. Just looking quickly across to, to the other, we've spoken about Galway. 
unbelievable semi-finals really in the in the Leinster campaign, lads, with Ballyhale Shamrocks <laughs> of all the titles taking on Nace. Uh, some win by Nace against Shinron, following on from beating Kilmiley and winning the All Ireland Intermediate uh, final last year. Yeah. Now they have to face into Ballyhale, and I know they've beaten them. I think in underage finals down in Kilkenny because they play a lot of their hurling, unbelievable. And we have Kilmacud Croaks, huge club obviously as well. And they might have a problem there with Brian Sheehy, who's a dual player because the both finals are done for the same day. They play St Mullins of Carlow, who also had a, a huge win in Ferns. Um, is the next game in Nace? Dillo. No, 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 no. They're this weekend anyway, aren't they? Thought, thought it was on in Nace because no, I was talking to Owen Stapleton, who's done a huge amount of work, and I know he's had an operation there recently. We'll give him a little shout out. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's on the road to recovery, and he's done a huge amount of work there with Kildare and Nace over the last number of years. And like, here, here's a good possibility for hurling to just have a have, have a, a new team appear, and you know, for them to beat the Offaly champions is huge for them, and to be playing against the might of Belly Hale, I know it's going to be very difficult for them, and, and it'll be tricky, and we all know how good Belly Hale are, but. Again, if you're to climb up these mountains, you have to come across these teams and learn a little bit more. So, just really, really good to see Nace in the semi final. And I know there's an awful lot of work going on there. And big numbers there, too. Yeah. And it's uh, very successful in the football side of things as well. They have dual, dual yeah. purpose, haven't they? Yeah. yeah, dual, yeah, yeah very, yeah. very strong dual. Yeah. Very strong dual. And you'll probably be expecting a Kilmacud Belly Hale final, I suppose, really, when you'd look at that. Um, Kilmacud will have no walkover now against St. Mullins's, but. A nice young team in Croaks now, you know, a real change team actually even from the couple of years I was there and that's not that long ago. Um, they've introduced an awful lot of very, very good minors um, so they, they seem to be buzzing. And uh, just an interesting one was the scoreline, I think, between Schlock Neil and um, Porta Ferry up north at Schlock Neil, lads. I, whoever comes out of Galway, if the winners of Schlock Neil and Dunlai will give them a fair battle in somewhere like Mullingar or Parnell or 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 Armagh or something like that. I tell you that because Slough Neil must be due to get to that final at some stage if they can manage it. But don't lie, I think I've done maybe three or four in a row now in Antrim, so that'll be a huge final up there as well. Um, want to just thank a few people. Bear with me. I'll run through them as fast as I can. Right, people calling here to Murphy's lads. Even though all my locals shout out, you're always here with me, but. Uh, there's people who've come, especially one is the first man is a local, Johnny Collins, great character here, much loved by us all. Big Kilimer supporter, he's 68. What a night! Then Stephen Littleton, stag party, Marco. I told you about the boy James O'Leary and the boys of Kilmichael. I'll tell you, <laughs> they laid the tens lying low, but they fairly laid Murphy's low after the place, too. <laughs> they were brilliant, they were great crack. Came early, went early. Uh, Mary and Amy's hen party, Turles Sarsfield football. Came up and beat Liscanner up in Milltown uh, last Sunday week, I think, and came straight down here. Uh, and then last, last weekend was demented. 2013, a brilliant reunion with the Clare team of 13. You might, some of you might have seen the picture on Twitter. Maybe you did, uh, TJ. Uh, then we had Shane O'Donnell's group, uh, the Clooney, and we had Peter Duggan on both nights. Peter Duggan sick of the place. Now, Peter, I hope Brian Lohan is not listening to this. He'll be hanging you. <laughs> Dougie's happy once he's sitting down with a deck of cards and, and uh, having the crack. Uh, and then we had Glyn lads as well. There was a load of Glyn lads on tour. They were just over in the ferry and on tour. And then missed, and he'd shoot me, missed on Sunday. Uh, our regular uh, guest was Shane McGrath and his Ballina Hinchman coming from a stag in La Hinch on Saturday night. Missed him. Uh, but Eilish looked after him well. She tells me anyway. Uh, and they ate a good feed and they drank plenty pints and they watched the two matches on TV. 
and a special shout out, special shout out to Smith O'Brien's Killaloo 25 year Jubilee uh, Junior A champions who were here with me Saturday night. And did we have a great night and a great crack with them as well? Unbelievable. And my last one is I just want uh, Saturday week, and I'm sure he'll organize to get to look at the Munster Club final at some stage. But Cahal uh, McFernan from Fantasy Hurling, from Onrua, is getting married to Cora, great camogie player with Onrua as well. Uh, I know it's on uh, up in Dungannon. I think it may be going to Dundalk or somewhere for the reception. Um, and I know I know that's going ahead, so I want to give a special shout-out to Cahal. So good to us here and, and the crack we have with the with the fantasy. 100%. Yeah, so Brilliant. the best of luck to them. Uh, and I'm sorry if I was milking it there, lads, with the people that call, but... They do like the, the picture outside the window and the shout out on the pod. And I've probably missed one or two as well. And apologies because we haven't had a, um, a pod in, in six or seven weeks. So, TJ, anything you want to throw in that I've left out? You were well looked after in New York. Yeah, I know. In, in, in fairness, as it, um, that's a nice trip. Uh, your buddy Johnny Kennedy is always good to us. He looks after us. Uh, in fairness, it brings around the place. And, um, just a few of the lads I said Eddie, Eddie Wilde runs a show over there for Club Limerick New York really really good to us uh, nice trip I know the lads like it and as I said uh, I hope it's, 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 it's around for the future Pat Reedy a great Limerick man from Glynn back West Limerick was honoured this year at, at, at the function so look all told and I suppose Lucas when you have things like Liam McCarthy in your possession uh, these things are just re- really really worthwhile and when you go on tour and you meet all these people and they're big listeners to a lot of GAR podcast and a lot of GA podcasts and they follow everything, it just shows the importance of things like the Sunday game and maybe Sky and all these things because there's an awful lot of people at all different corners of the world who still like to tune into those games and see what's going on. So, yeah, 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 no, no, really, really good. And it's a delivery people over there. Just... Just a special group, and as I said, we're living in a special time. So as I said, if we if we can eke another one or two out of it now, out of the current uh, group, without being overly greedy, we we we'd be really happy. I spent <laughs> I spent four nights uh, with the men of ninety five and ninety seven in Alicante. Uh, oh, lovely! The weekend before last, oh, and I can tell you the, the body is just about coming back to itself this week. Now. <laughs> so it was a very difficult week last week because although we were doing the stuff, we were able to do. 28 or 27 and 25 years ago we weren't able to recover like we, you know <laughs> I, I said how did we do two weeks of this stuff when we when we actually won the other let's put uh yeah recovery was tough but we had great crack did you go so midweek what did you go midweek we went wednesday lovely flight now I'd recommend it to anyone out of shannon key to it no hassle, out of Shannon, few drinks in Shannon, half four on a Wednesday, and we were back into Shannon at one o'clock on the Sunday. Now, the only mistake that was made was the clock castle lads couldn't go home on the Sunday straight away. <laughs> <laughs> Story of our lives. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> great crack, okay. great crack. Any, so any, any horse outside of that? Ken Bud's horse Saturday, Mark? No, you're happy enough to kind of just stick nail the colours to that one. Let's, let's, let's see what happens. We've had some good racing. And uh, we'll look forward to we, we'll watch this space. I think we, I have to tell them trip we have for 2023 for, as well. I think we have one for today. Have we? We have yeah, one for today. Yeah, but, yeah, but the listeners yeah. probably won't get it. But yeah, we have one for it's, it's well, later on, isn't they it? get a chance. 20 to 4, heavenly clouds. And of course, this is at the end of the this is at the end of the podcast. So to run it be out at 
quarter to two if they're going to get it. So Larry, Larry, the pressure's on. Heavenly clouds. Heavenly clouds. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. the one for today, you know. Okay, kid. Pull it off. We need one. <laughs> for the, for the okay. okay, lads. We talked to you the week after the Munster final, I presume, for fifth or sixth or one of those days of December. And uh, we won't have any more games, I'd say. We might have the Leinster Club final then the following uh, weekend. So we might have, we may be able to squeeze, squeeze in a Christmas show along the way. Great stuff, yeah. as always. My name. See there. A grain of rice. A grain of rice. It's going to tip the scale. Just remember that, lad. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on. Mayo, you've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was to show that we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. 